Welcome to episode 99 of the Thunder Underground podcast. My name is Trent. As always, I'm joined by Jason. What's going on? I don't know. I think we've got a good one here. That's what's going on. Yeah, that is definitely true. I like to say it's a good one because it is. Yes. I don't say that lightly <laughs> because Steve Blaze of Lillian Axe is here with us today. Yes. Went out to uh, Dallas to the hair metal, hair metal Holiday was the name of the event at the Bomb Factory in Dallas this past weekend. And got the chance to talk to Steve after the show. We'll get to that here in a bit. Talk a little bit about the show as well. But before, let's just jump right into some music, you think? I think so. Okay. Let's do it. This is a band called Strict Nine out of Long Island, New York. Great heavy metal band. This song is called Blasphemer.
Blasphemer from Strict 9 out of Long Island. Man, that's just a pretty balls-to-the-wall song right there. It is. I really like it. I think if uh, if you like, you know, Judas Priest-y, Black Sabbath-y type kind of stuff, you know, this is uh, this is your deal. Yeah. Yeah, there's all times where it almost gets real big and grand and epic, like it's some kind of orchestrated metal thing, you know, yeah. like, you yeah. know, like those operatic metal bands or something, <laughs> but like it never really sounds like that. It just kind of has that feel and it keeps it in that classic metal vein, like you said, and these vocals are just soaring, killer guitar work, just a great band all around. And I've listened to some of the other stuff. They've got a lot of videos on YouTube, yeah. you know, for all these songs that they put together. So check them out. Yeah. It, you know, it's great when, when you can, when you can carve out something that's, you know, it's got that, it's got that warm classic metal blanket that we all love to crawl under. <laughs> Right. I mean, they, it just it feels good and it feels familiar, but at the same time, you know, the, they're, you know, they're not totally copping stuff. They're doing their own thing. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, Strict Nine, get into it. Yeah, look them up on Facebook or YouTube. It's it's spelled S T R Y C T N Y N E. So it's not as you would spell it out phonetically. <clears throat> so be sure to write that down. Type it in, follow them on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, wherever they're at. All this great stuff. Check them out. Long Island, New York, Strychnine. That's right. Well, and speaking of kick-ass classic rock and metal, yeah, <laughs> Lillian Axe is a band that has been around now for, what, 30 years pretty yeah. much? Or longer, actually, I think. But since they've been in the mainstream, you know, late 80s. Mm-hmm. And... You know, they had some success in MTV and radio in the early days with True Believer and um, Show a Little Love and Moonlight in Your Blood and that kind of stuff. But, you know, they never really took off to the grand level that some of those bands did. So I think to a lot of people, they're still under the radar. And mm-hmm. then you get out, glad to see they get on these festivals and you get out there and everybody's, you know, cheering, singing along because they yeah. put on one hell of a show. They do. And, and they seem to have a little bit of a cult following. Yeah. You know, and, and and it goes beyond, and that's a, you know, that's something that you know can be talked about for you know Lillian X and Kings X. They they're kind of the left to center when you talk about these hair metal fests. Yeah, and which was the case, and uh, you know Lillian X kind of they go beyond that, um, and uh, they just it's almost sometimes it's almost like a power metal thing. Yeah. You know, here and there. So well, we saw them, you know, at uh, Streets Gone Wild earlier yes, this year. And they, yeah. um, it was the same thing we talked about then. They, you know, Queensryche's on that bill and they're kind of the same, more progressive metal. Yeah. And get thrown on these lineups. But, you know, Lillian Axe might have leaned a little more that in the day. So back in the day. So maybe that's why they're yeah, included maybe. on these things than their sound is now. But it still relates well because everybody loves hard rock and. Exactly. And metal when they come to these things, so. And, and, um, and it's it's such a treat to see Steve Blaze play. I mean, that guy is just a flurry yeah. of notes and taste. And uh, so, I mean, I always enjoy it. Yeah. I'd kind of, you know, listened to him a little back then, but never really got into it. And then they played Rocklahoma, like, the first year, the second year? Yeah. 2007 or eight, back when they had the big tents on the sides, and I've. That's right. Yeah, Saw them in one of those real late at night, and it kind of reinvigorated my love for these guys. And I 
delved into them again, you know, and their newer stuff like Fields of Yesterday and, you know, the album that just came out, what, three or four years ago now, Days yeah. Before Tomorrow. That's right. And these, you know, so you really need to check these guys, their newer stuff out as well. And I think that if you love killer guitar work and kick-ass vocals, there's not there's not a reason that you're not going to love Lillian Axe. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, jump in and just give give their whole catalog a chance. Yeah. But like we said, you mentioned King's X. We went to this uh, this show at the Bomb Factor in Dallas, which first thing, say, we've been to several shows in Deep Ellum in our life, but never at the Bomb Factory. That's right. Oddly. And so this was kind of quite a treat because this place is, it's not your typical little club in the middle of Deep Ellum. It's like a freaking full-on, you know, the capacity-wise is the size of a, bigger than most theaters. Yeah. I think it holds over 4,000 people in um, even if it's not filled at capacity, it still feels like there's a lot of people in there, the way it's laid out. It's got a real cool setup, you know, there's, it feels like there's different areas, even though it's yeah. big and wide open there in the main area. And it's got a really nice stage. It's got a, you know, a balcony level and you can go out to the lobby, you know, where the merch at, merch is at, a lot of bands are out there and it's a little quieter. It's just, it's just a really cool venue. Yeah, it was a top-notch venue. I mean, real classy, uh, just real clean, uh, modern, you know, state-of-the-art. It was a great place to see a show. Yeah, and they, you know, as you might hear in this interview in a little bit, you know, Steve talks about how well their production team is and everything, running the show. And, yeah. I mean, you could tell that when you're there. Oh, definitely. But yeah. this lineup, besides Lillian Axe, also included Pretty Boy Floyd, Bullet Boys, Tough, King's X, Kicks, and Slaughter. That's right. And <laughs> we didn't miss any of them, surprisingly. Yeah. I missed a little bit of Kicks, but we'll get to that here in a minute. Yeah. Um, which is odd to hear me say that with as much as I love Kicks, but there's good reason. Very good reason. Yeah. We got there, and the thing that I went away from this show with the most is that Every single band held their own. Mm. It's like, you know, when you think about the heyday of that stuff, you think, you know, well, you know, Kicks and Slaughter had big hits and, you know, they're at the top of this bill. And then you got bands like Tough and Pretty Boy Floyd that didn't have huge success but had some moderate success with MTV. And both those bands, you know, held their own on that stage with as well as anybody else on that bill, you know. Oh, and yeah. so it was really cool to see. You know, Tough, that's one band I don't think I'd ever seen, surprisingly. And, you know, they played a great collection of stuff. They obviously played, you know, I Hate Kissing You Goodbye, their ballad, and ended it with American Hair Band, which was the rock classic yeah. that Steve uh, Rochelle wrote years after the heyday of glam. <laughs> you, knew, you knew they'd play that. Yeah. But then Pretty Boy Floyd comes up and... um you know, they're the epitome of that whole scene. Oh, you know, down, the, yeah. You know, I said they kind of have that feel like Faster Pussycat. It's the same kind of thing where it's sleazy, glammy, but it's also, you know, there's some heavy songs that are rocking. They've got the power ballads. They've got the the dirty stuff. Yeah. And I liked what you kind of said about it. You know, they still had the look, it, oh, but yeah. it didn't seem fake. You know, like some of those guys have the look and they look a little corny, but yeah. they had the look and they pulled it off like yeah well you know the, the thing is is you know 
these guys aren't young anymore. Hell, none of us are. And, and sometimes when bands kind of do that and keep that look going, it looks kind of sad, though, you know. And, you know, Pretty Boy Floyd, I don't know, they did it in such a way where, I mean, it's that's them. That's that's them. That's their style. That's their lifestyle. Yeah. And, I mean, it didn't look stupid. I mean, it, it probably w- would look dumb if you or I dressed like that. <laughs> right. But, I mean, they, they did it and pulled it off, and even at their age, uh, it's just a certain way you go about it. And, um, you know, one thing I noticed was even at 3 or 4 in the afternoon, the place uh, was was, you know, there's a good showing of people there to see, you know, Lillian Axe and Tough and Pretty Boy Floyd, and people knew those songs, and, uh, you know, that was just a kind of a testament to this kind of music, you know? Yeah. I mean, ever since I was 12, I get fun of, I get made fun of for liking hair bands, or, or the term, you know, 80s metal, glam, whatever, and, you know, it's just... And I just don't care, you know, you can go fuck yourself, right? you know, and, um, and people think that it's stupid or sad or whatever that, you know, you hear, you hear that shit all the time, you know, oh, they're still doing it. That's so sad. Well, no, because it was four o'clock in the afternoon and that place is half full singing tough songs, you know, so why wouldn't a band keep doing it, you know? So, I mean, you know, it, it was just really cool to see, and it was, you know, it gives you faith that, you know, there is validity to this stuff, and, you know, it, it, it's, like I've said before, it's feel-good music for a reason. Yeah. You know? I I, I got to admit, though, I, all, I always leaned more towards the the slicker kind of stuff, like uh, Firehouse and Slaughter. I didn't get into the real sleazy stuff like Pretty Boy Floyd or, you know, Faster Pussycat. But but still, it, I love all in both, all, yeah, both sides of the coin. <clears throat> all in all, though, it's still you know a, a, a valid genre. And last night was proof. Yeah. And uh, Stevie Rochelle was there, and I wonder if he ran into Dana Strom and how that went. Yeah, I know. I, too bad we couldn't have got more of an in, insight on that. <laughs> right. <laughs> For those of you who aren't aware, Stevie Rochelle from Tough is behind Metal Sludge, who. If you weren't paying attention to Metal Sludge 15 years ago, I feel sorry for you because that yeah. was every day. You know how, like, when you get up and you get on your phone or your computer and you start looking at shit? Like, yeah. now most people, it's probably Facebook or your email yeah. or your text message is the first thing you do. There was like a two year period of time where Metal Sludge was the first thing I looked at every, every single day. Every single day, every, yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly. Just that to see the... what, you know, if there's a new 20 questions, what and you story it. they had, what, you know, crazy shit some Sebastian Bach did or whatever. Yeah, you know? and checked it multiple times a day. Yeah. You know, they're, you'd be making fun of Janie Lane or, you know, talking smack about Jerry Miller and it was always funny and I don't know, it was just like the greatest thing in the fucking world. Yeah. And, he always had a little bit to say about Dana Strom, so that's kind of why I wondered yep. if that's you know if that's all in the past or if that kind of thing's still awkward. Who knows? Remember, he did the interview with Slaughter Inner Circle, and they wouldn't name who it was. I always wondered who it was. Oh man, should have went up to the to his uh, merch table yesterday and asked him. Yeah, no shit, no <laughs> shit. Wow. <laughs> well, we also had um, King's X on this bill, yeah, and both of us had seen him. Open for Motley Crue. Years and years ago. The Motley Crue tour with John Krabi in 94. Yeah. This is like one of the greatest lineups in history. Motley Crue, King's X, and Typo Negative. Negative. That's the kind of thing that, well, obviously can't ever happen again, but 
that type of thing wouldn't happen these days. Even, you know, maybe in Europe, but even that's just a weird when you think of a band like Typo, a band like King's X, and a band like Motley Crue. It's just three just wildly different things that, but it worked, you know, and we're, you know, fans of all three. And King's X is, since the dawn of time, of their time probably, has been one of probably the top three most underrated rock bands ever. Oh yeah, for sure. And maybe one of the, maybe the most underrated. Yeah. I don't know. You got three guys, the same three guys that have been there forever and they're all three world class mm-hmm. at their instrument. And they were always was, a band that like musicians loved. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, they had, you know, they had, you know, mainstream radio songs, but like it never took off to that next level for them, which kind of sucks, but they're all they're like you said, musicians, musicians, because they're always creating, and they've never stopped. Even when there wasn't a King's X album, Doug Pinnock has like twenty-seven different projects. Ty Tabor's had solo albums, yeah, no kidding. and they're all great. And just you know, so for me, that was what I was looking forward to the most, just because I hadn't seen them in so long, and I'd seen all these other bands, you know, in recent times, and. Just like you imagine, they completely d- delivered. It was unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, it was. A, their song selection was great. I mean, they were at the top of their game. It sounded great. It, I mean, it was. Uh, you know, after seeing them twenty-two, you know, it was twenty-two years. It was, uh, you know, shouldn't have waited that long to see them, but I'm so glad I did. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was just top notch. And Cammy was with us, and this is her favorite band, so she was over the moon. And oh yeah, she had was a going blast. Nuts. It was great. Got clear up that. to the rail, yeah, and squeezed way up there. And and it, the other thing, I don't think I told her or you after the fact. You know, I'd got up pretty close. Like there was two or three people in front of me to the rail, but everybody around me was singing along to every single song. Yeah. So it wasn't like people were just standing there waiting for something else. People knew this band, and I know that I was reading like the event page, like in the week or two leading up to it. I think there's a lot of people that came. Just for that, just for that. left, you know. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't because they don't play Dallas a whole lot. I don't think, which is odd, mm-hmm. even though they're from Texas. But um, so just to see that, see the fan reaction, you know, it was a shorter set like it is at these things, but it was phenomenal. Yeah, and quite an honor to be there. I think. Oh yeah. And then, well, I missed Lynch Mob was before that. Yeah. And you can't, you know, I'm a massive fan of this band, and you know we've seen them several times in the past few years and you can't ever expect anything but greatness from George Lynch and Oni Logan you know this phenomenal underrated voice and then one of the greatest guitarists in hard rock history yeah and there's just it's just a joy you know it's like there's so much soul and um you know just I don't know what other word to use with soul and Oni Logan's voice and when you couple that with George Lynch's guitar you have this amazing sound that you never had with the previous band George Lynch yeah. was in because there's not much soul coming from that guy. No. That other guy. I mean. yeah. And I've said it before and I'll say it again. The greatest docking album ever was 1990s Lynch Mob release, Wicked Sensation, because <laughs> George Lynch is docking. That's right. That's right. There you go. Mark it down. Mark it, dude. <laughs> so as a, I know, you know, you, you weren't ever into that back then as much but i think you are a little more now i mean what do you think seeing it oh it, you know it, it was great and you know george lynch is just one of those wizards um, he's just one of the elder statesmen of that style so to see him again was you know uh, 
that it was crushing. I always loved his, his solos, you know, his ability, and then even when you know when when it's not a solo and it's just a verse or a chorus, you know, he's not just doing power chords or something. He always makes it interesting. Uh, and last, you know, and this show is no different. And so that that was just it's always a treat to see that guy play live. Yeah, it's insane. And uh, what's it, next? It, it's yeah. like. It's like he's got that Les Paul like cutaway. Oh yeah. He's playing, and he, you know, it doesn't matter. He do, he just makes it sound like a hot rotted up Ibanez or something. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. <laughs> well, after King's X was Kicks. Yeah. And Eddie Trunk said it on the mic, and I've said it to people who hasn't seen them. They're literally one of the best rock bands you'll ever see. You know, they just are. like just like King's X is, but it's in a totally different vein because Kicks fits perfectly into the you know the glam the hard rock the 80s sound yeah but you know they their live show is just phenomenal just how how great they sound you know and it's just one of those things it's hard to explain it's like you know the same sense that like cinderella or you know tesla or one of those bands from back then just have that solid hard rock sound that rose a little bit above just kind of your the cheesy stuff yeah to yeah, make exactly. you know something more real and kicks was that same way and their new music's great and they played that too their, but I, their new music is phenomenal yeah and i i was walking back from the bathroom to get over there and i looked out into the lobby and saw george lynch was out there so i went <laughs> and stand in the clump of people waiting to meet george lynch while kicks is playing yeah and then right when i got to the front of their line to meet george lynch Doug Pennick and Jerry Gasco from King's X walk out. Nice. And I'm like, holy crap. So I messaged you and Cammie. Yeah. And so we missed three-fourths of kicks, but it was totally worth it because I never really thought I would be shaking Doug Pennick's hand, you know. Yeah. And, and George Lynch. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. met George Lynch before. But uh, okay. Well, I didn't. It I was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm never washing this hand. Yeah. Yeah. You, that's like three <laughs> music, musical, like you can call them musical geniuses and not be like exaggerating. Yeah. All three of those exactly. guys. Now, well, <clears throat> Slaughter ended this thing off, and you, you know, both of us are big fans of these guys. They came towards the tail end of the glam scene, mm-hmm. but they still were one of the few bands that came towards the end of '90, but still had massive hits, mega hits, yeah, that echo to this day throughout the people that love that kind of music, like yeah. Up All Night and Flight of the Angels and Mad About You and everything. And they played a set full of all those hits. And, you know, I've seen him a few times, you know, over the years. And Mark Slaughter's voice is just, he's never lost anything. And you mentioned that, that, you know, there was that YouTube video going around a few years ago where he was playing with some band and sounded bad. Yeah. And I don't know if that was like an off night because last night he was hitting, he was screaming his ass off. He was hitting notes and it sounded right. Yeah, it was, it was nuts. I mean, this guy didn't, hadn't missed anything over the years. Nothing. And you just powerful and soaring, and I mean the guy could be in Judas Priest for Christ's sakes, he really could. Yeah. And uh, I mean he still had it, you know. Yeah, and the the band themselves, you know, sounds solid as hell. Like Dana Strum's been a part of that band since the beginning. Obviously with Mark Slaughter way before that with Vin yeah. Vincent and uh, Jeff Blando. You know, has been there for years, and he's just a phenomenal guitarist. And a lot of their shows where they have longer sets, he'll sing. Heaven and Hell yeah. by uh, Sabbath does a great job. 
and then Zoltan's back there. And oh it's like, God. you can't, it's hard to keep your eyes on Mark Slaughter or Jeff Blaine or anything else going on with that guy because it's like, you know, I challenge anybody, even if you don't care about Slaughter, to go to a Slaughter show and not just have fun by watching that dude play. Yep, exactly. I mean, that guy is insane. I mean, he, he's just, just, he's like a spider up there. He's all, <laughs> he's all legs and he's just, he's doing these crazy stick twirls, balancing a stick on a fingertip while he's playing the song with his other hand and his feet. And he's picking up the, the drum throne and using it to smash a cymbal or he's, you know, taking the other cymbals off and hitting cymbals with that cymbal. Yeah. Or what was the last, the thing he did on the very last beat was he got way up high up on the monitor and jumped off and hit the hit hit the symbols at the last right i mean the guy's just a, a animal i mean he literally is animal in the drum set yeah. and uh even if you don't like slaughter or whatever youtube zoltan cheney you can see him with vince neil as well yes yeah he's plays in vince neil. it's it's fucking crazy yeah if you're not familiar slaughter Basically, the three guys in Slaughter minus Mark Slaughter has been Vince Neil's solo live band for years. Yeah. Actually, they played the last his album from a couple years ago too. Yeah, and yeah, Zoltan. You know, I I ask you after the show, like, do you think this guy's just a, a really great player? Or is he just a great showman? And and you mentioned you think, well, he's nailing every part without being sloppy while he's doing all this crazy shit. So yeah. obviously. He's good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, or, or maybe he's like some goddamn Mike Mangini level and playing slaughter songs is like a step, you know, a step down in a level form. So he just, to keep it in, in Motley Crue songs. So just to keep it interesting, he's had to do all this stuff. I don't know, but I mean, you know, the guy is, the guy is amazing because he hit everything amidst all the, you know, trickery and, all of his, you know, flair. It, it was just, uh, I'm, I'm just telling you, YouTube it, you won't be sorry. All right, so after Slaughter ended this thing, we met up with Steve Blaze from Lillian Axe. Yes. Like we mentioned. Recorded this podcast interview you're about to hear, and I think it went pretty good. Oh, We've, yeah, I think so. I don't know how much editing I'm going to do. Yeah. But we'll <laughs> find out here yes, soon. Yes, we will. There's quite a few interruptions because we did this outside out the backstage door so there's a lot of people coming and going yeah and people were leaving after the show so it got interrupted several times by the likes of mark slaughter dana strum yes eddie trunk chad from the bullet boys his own band members brian yeah different stuff so i'm gonna edit what i can other stuff i'll leave there because you know yeah. why would i cut out mark slaughter yeah I, you don't really want to cut out slaughter and eddie trunk coming out and saying bye to him yeah and the fact that you know uh that we had to compose our fanboy selves, you know, <laughs> right. and uh, so that's going to be in there for sure. Yeah, and you know there was a uh, guys that worked there dragging rolls around. So anyway, just bear with the noise, but I think it's not too bad. No, no. So and it was pretty good chat about what they've got coming in 2017, which yeah. is some new music. The the album they're working on that sounds kind of uh, like a pretty epic thing. Mm -hmm. We're looking forward to that, and then. You know, some other stuff, so we'll get into that here in a second. Until then, be sure, like always, thethunderunderground.com. We've got all our previous podcasts, reviews, and everything up there. You can find us on all the social medias. Get on there, find Lily and Axe as well, of course. Follow them, Facebook, Twitter, everything. 
all that. Yeah. Well, let's just get into this. This is Steve Blaze from Lillian Axe. <laughs> Other than that, it was a smooth day. Yeah, right? yeah. So, so how was your set tonight? What did you think of the crowd and stuff? I thought it was great, man. Yeah, yeah it went real well. I had good, a good time. Good. I thought that. Um, oh, hey, Chad. Good to see, you, man. Good to see you, brother. We'll good talk to, see to you too. soon, right? Yeah, I'm happy for you guys. And uh, Brian's got a call. Thank you. Sensational. I had no idea. Brian? I'm not a social media guy. I barely ever get on there. Yeah, yeah. I had no idea he had a successful club in Mississippi. Yeah, he's it's doing so good, cool. man. It's, it's good to see you, Chad. Take care, brother. I'm sorry. No, so do you like festivals like this where you get to hang out afterwards and yeah see the bands? I, I like doing these kind of things uh the only problem is you don't get to play very long right you know because there's all and everything is so rushed you know but the good part about it is uh, usually these companies the production companies that do these things are top notch you know mm-hmm. catering's good everything is done very professionally and very well and it's an opportunity to, to get a lot of promotion and you get to play in front of a lot of people you know so I, i'd rather do that than yeah. just one-offs you know <laughs> yeah definitely so. well yeah i noticed they've changed in the the sets pretty quick the turnovers real quick but does that yes. mean your sound check is really quick so is that tough it is but the one good thing is that they usually have really good sound engineers and they've got it down to a science i mean seriously the, it was so quick and smooth and, and the production people were so good. They, I mean, they have it all dialed in pretty much from the beginning. Hey, brother, it was a pleasure, man. I was just yeah. talking you guys up how great the production was. And all. Hell yeah, man. And you guys, uh, and I say. Let's go see you all again. Work yes. with you guys again. We'll, we'll, anytime, brother. Yeah. You guys were top notch, brother. Last time I saw it was at uh, Zeppelin's. What? Uh, was that with my side the, project? Near no. Life Experience? Or? Yes, it was. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Actually, dude. I opened it for you guys. Come on. I was in a band called... And I'm from Kenner. I'm from oh, I didn't know yeah. that. No shit. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, man, it's good to see you guys again. Great to see you. It was near life man. experience. Yeah, man. Better, better, oh, Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know Lillian never played Zeppelin's. No. It was near life experience. And then I had a Black Sabbath tribute called Black Earth. My brother, Craig... I don't know if you know Craig... <laughs> Nunamaka, yeah. Uh, Black so, Labels. Yeah, yeah, it's my little brother. We did my cousin Juan. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Small world. Yeah, because Craig was in Near Life, and then we did a Black Sabbath tribute called Black Earth. And that those are the bands that played. Zeppelin's <laughs> was a trip, huh? I just... I was sad. I was already living here when it closed, but I was sad to sell what I heard. Yeah, I know. I haven't seen those guys in a long time. But I, I live in Mandeville now. I moved to the North Shore right when the hurricane hit, so... Yeah, it was, it was nice to hear some 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 yaddy accents come through. There you here. go, brother. Like, I don't hear <laughs> you take. So Craig's your actual brother, or just you're yeah, just no, saying it proverbally? Okay. No, he's my real brother. Yeah. Oh wow. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. There you go. I had no clue. <laughs> so I thought Blaze was a given name. You know? No, no, man. It just you know, people kept screwing up Nunamaka too much. Right. So, uh, he decided to stay with it. You know. Well, talk about uh, Michael being back. Man, like, I mean, it's a blessing. You know. Um, you know, back when we got signed, Michael, and he was always phenomenal, but he was dealing with a lot of personal demons and stuff, you know, and, um, 
it was a tough decision and all, but we, you know, we kind of went our ways. And then years later, we, we started seeing each other out. And then uh, the drummer for Zebra, Guy Gelso, and I talked about doing a side project. And I was like, you know, I'd been seeing Michael. And um, well, prior to that, the original four Lillian X guys, Johnny Vines, Danny King, Michael Max, and I, the first four, we were together for four years till I got signed to MCA for the first album. Then I changed the whole band. Those four guys, we got back together again and did a record called Circle of Light. So I was playing with Michael again. <laughs> then when Guy and I put Sledgehammer together, which is a cover band doing all arena rock, everything from Sabbath to Sticks to uh, from Emerson, Lake, and Palmer to Queen, all the great <laughs> stuff, right? And uh, so Michael said, "Now get Michael to play bass." So here I am playing two bands with Michael, and then the situation popped up, and our bass player just completely flaked out on us. And I'm like, this is a sign from God to get Michael back in the band and come full circle. And it, it's been, this is his, only his third show with Lillian, and it's amazing. He it, it just, it's like, you know, he, he and I are attached at the hip, you know, and just just such a, a great chemistry with him. So, I mean, I, I you know, God works in mysterious ways, and that that was, you know, going through that, you know, weird situation to get to where you are, you know? Yeah. So yeah, thrilled about it. So it's one of those things where it felt like time hadn't passed the first time you guys played together again. Yeah, you know, it's like riding a bike. Eh? You know, it really was. It's just, um, you know, we just kind of feed off each other, and you know, not only playing wise, but even when we're on stage together, you know, it's like we I know where he's going, where we're moving. We just kind of <laughs> move. We have that yeah. great chemistry. But you know, and, and people even said that to me tonight. They go, "Geez, you guys had this." It just seems so fluid, you know? And you can tell, like, uh, if you get in a situation with somebody, like uh, the prior bass player, you know, good guy, good bass player, but never was really, like, never felt real comfortable, you know? And then having Michael back, it's just, it really is, like, Put a whole pair of shoes on yeah. you. You found in the closet yeah. you forgot you yeah. had. Well, there's something you oh, said for that great. feeling, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it really is. So, <laughs> yeah. Was it hard throughout the years since you've had quite a few members come and go? Does it make it hard for you sometimes to get chemistry with guys like that? No, or, you know it's it's weird. We have a you know, gosh, 32 year history, right? Yeah. I mean, so much happens in those things. People feel like, oh man, this is your. You know, third bass player and your third singing this. And I'm like, think about it. How many marriages last? Right. <laughs> How many girlfriends do you go to? How many friends do you go to? You know, it's 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 a tough situation. But um, I always look at it as it's part of the journey. You know, I mean, I've written all the songs. You know, I've been I formed the band. I've been the president and or whatever you want to call it, the quarterback all this time. <laughs> You know, Sam and Ken have been with me 18 years, so that's a long time, yeah. And uh, so you have a few things. And the, the good part about it is none of our changes have ever been out of animosity. We've never had, like, a fight and kicked you out or anything like that. It's always been, like, guys just want to do something different with their lives. They want to change what they're doing. Hey, guys. 
All right, hey, Mark. We'll see you later, man. It was good to see you. Great Always show, great man. To see you, yeah, man. man. You take care of something. Merry Christmas, man. I will. Man. Same to you, brother. You take right. care, brother. Take care. All right. Eddie, good seeing you. Great seeing you, man. Stay Have in, a great man. Christmas, all right? Yeah, you be safe, man. You too. You flying out tomorrow morning? Yeah, uh, a little later, but not not morning, but early afternoon. Okay, man. Hey, good to see you. I got to get home and watch my Giants. Yeah, good luck, man. I'll see you in one of these years. One of these years. Take care, brother. Good job, man. I'm sorry. How about Hey. <laughs> it's good seeing you again, man. Good to see you too. Okay. Pleasure. So, um, so where were we? <laughs> oh, the members, members throughout the years. Different members. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, I'm, I'm fortunate that I've been able to always have a, somebody good to come in and be a part of it, you know? Yeah. And, and I look at it like everybody that's been in a band, whether it's been a year, you know, 10 years, it's all, it's, it's part of the family, you know? I mean, we are we're getting an award in uh, in Jackson. It's the Jazz, Jackson Indie Music Week. Um, it's kind of like South by Southwest, and we're getting the 2017 uh, Icon Award for over two decades of they say groundbreaking contributions to the Jackson music scene, which is a big thing in the. So I'm like thinking to myself, man, I'm an icon award. I'm kind of old here. You know? <laughs> and I started thinking about it, you know, like, what am I going to say, you know, in speech and whatnot. Just like when we got inducted in the Louisiana Music Hall of Fame. It's all about, this is this is a combination of lots of different people. Not just band members, but crew members, fans, uh, people from the, all over that have been a part of everything you know hundreds and hundreds of people man guys like you you know press guys journalists crew guys. i mean it's, it's great because everybody has a, a part in anything being successful and getting out to to the world you know and so i think that's really cool so fortunately i've always be, been able to have good relationships even if somebody wants to go off and do their own thing it's just because they didn't want to tour anymore or they didn't like the music business or they just didn't feel like you know they didn't want have the desire to just keep on you know going through the whatever we have to go through so you know but, so it's just it we you know it's fortunate that you can every time you think like man there's no good musicians. There are no good people anymore. Then you go, wait, what about this guy? And it works out well. Someone pops right. up, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Always keep my ears and eyes open. Well, speaking of that, Brian has a great voice. Yeah. And I really like on that last album, he kind of almost shifted your guys' sound to power metal in a yeah, way. I mean. And I mean, what, what do you think he brings different than previous The thing guys? about Brian, you know, it's like before Derek that took Ron's place. They had very similar tonal qualities. They sounded, Derek sounded a lot like Ron. But come in with Brian, it's a different thing, you know. So I knew that, you know, it's like a, you kind of take that dive and you... Um, we want to say goodbye. Oh, okay. Always good to see you, bro. Yeah. Love you, man. Love you take too, care. Man. Be we'll safe. See you at the next one. Yes, in a couple months, I'm sure. Right, I'm sure somebody. I'm sure. Good to see you, brother. Always good to see you, man. Take care. You too. Always be good safe, to see you, Steve. All right, brother. Have a good trip man. back, man. I'll be safe. Guys. We'll see you next time. Rock and Skull Merry Christmas. Christmas again, right? Yeah, that's, we'll, we'll be around before then. Thank you, Shake. There you go. Um, where were we? Brian. 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 Um, you know, Brian doesn't 
tonal-wise, he doesn't sound like those other guys. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I realize that at first you're going to get some of the the people that, you know, they, they look at the band almost like it's so personal to them that they don't want to have any changes. People don't like, they, they like what's comfortable. Yeah. Right. So I'm like, you know what? We're going to take it to the next level. <laughs> you go and you just sing these things like Brian singing them and people are going to take to it. It may take a little time. And then, when, you know, when I started writing the songs, I'm hearing Brian singing them, you know. So, you know, it's like just he's coming into his own thing now. Yeah. You know, and the next record's going to be even better. What's up, buddy? What's the matter? Next item. Uh, yeah. New stuff, writing, new album. Yeah, actually, we're in March. We're putting out a record. Okay. Hey, sorry. You what? I apologize, man. I didn't know the oh, oh, you're good. I didn't even see that. Is that a mic? Uh, yeah. I'm sorry. Oh, I totally interrupted you We're not live. I <laughs> we have a record coming out in yeah. March. It's a best of the ballads. Okay. Like uh, Ghost of Winter and See You Someday, Promised Land, all those. It's called The Forgotten Art of Melancholy. And we have one new ballad on there that I'm writing right now and recording. And then the new album is going to come out towards the end of the year. We're going to start recording like in June. It's called From Womb to Tomb. And it's uh, kind of autobiographical yeah. in a way. But it starts off with with life, like beating heart of an unborn baby. It's going to go from all the lessons and things I've learned throughout my whole life yeah. up until death and and forward from there. So, so it's kind uh, of like a concept album. It one. is. Yeah. It is in a way, but it's 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 like epic it's like you know the things that that i like the best about the band like the world stopped turning and ghost of winter and uh fields of yesterday and sad empire like those big epic songs yeah. it's the whole thing's gonna be like that it's kind of like you know my walk the wall you know <laughs> yeah. um yeah. it's gonna you know no set patterns you know yeah probably lots of like things between songs and, and musical things and segues and stuff and I want it to really be powerful you know like kind of a like just a, a lesson in, in life yeah you know yeah. and uh, so it's hard to write because it's real personal and you know trying to capture what I'm what I'm wanting to say and the emotional aspect of it musically capture it so um, but there's no rush yeah, and I don't have to worry about yeah. my my record label doesn't care what I write. There's no you know you don't have radio to please anymore. Yeah. You just just gonna write a great album for the fans. You know, well that sounds like the kind of thing you can't really rush. You know, no, you got yeah. it. And, you know, and, and to be honest with you, I haven't been in the mindset to get down yet because it always happens with me. I when I it's like for some reason I all of a sudden I get into a point like with with love and war it happened. And with psycho schizophrenia, it happened where something happens, and I'm I'm ready, and I sit down, and all of a sudden everything starts to just freaking float. That's <laughs> happened with days before tomorrow. It's like all the ideas just start, like really, I get divine inspiration somewhere, and I'm I'm at that point now. I have tons and tons of ideas and and a few songs right now. I'm demoing the first song right now. It's called Breathe, and um, you know it's going to start off with a actual heartbeat of a of a fetus, mm -hmm. you know, in the womb and uh, trying to capture the, you know, because like I, I, I'm thinking about when my son was born and when I was in the room with him and the 
just the explosive energy of yeah. that life coming out, you know? And I'm trying to capture that yeah. in music, you know? And it, it's, I'm doing it, but it's, it's, it's a challenge, <laughs> yeah. you know? All right, good to see you, brother. Take care, man. So how far along are you in the process? Like, you have several songs? I've got the bulk of the songs and lots of the ideas. And and usually what happens is when I start getting into the writing thing, it starts to really, really come together real well. So I've got the song that I'm toying with. I don't know if I'm going to... Because I don't... I wrote the music for it. It's so... I mean, it's like, I can't wait to record. It's so awesome and I think it's kind of looking like when I listen to it musically I kind of let the words write themselves but it's kind of like what I may use as the very last song on the record because it's it's big and it's orchestral and it's really uplifting and it's just powerful you know I'm it's going to be a lot of light and dark contrast you know like soft into giant and then back down and then crescendos and stuff like that it's going to be really Emotional. That's why it's taken me so long. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's, I got to be able to capture it on yeah. tape, you know. So um, I'm revamping my studio at my house. And if, if all goes well, I'll be able to do a lot of the, like, guitars and vocals at the house. So I'll be, I won't be, like, under the gun, like, in a studio paying ass loads of money. Right. I got to get this done. Gotta, we'll just go do, like, drums and piano and, and stuff like that in the big rooms and do everything else at home so I can kind of yeah. you know I, I'm not a, I can take my time with it because I really want to get it out by the end of the year I yeah. really do yeah. well you're wearing a Batman shirt last time I saw yeah. you you were wearing a Deadpool shirt so <laughs> yeah. I take it you're yeah, a superhero a, guy superhero oh yeah man question. I got a Captain America <laughs> tattoo yeah yeah, you yeah. Know? let me see how the yeah, next so thing okay okay sorry are you good so Superheroes, what's your favorite? I assume Kevin Martin, since you got it on you. Yeah, when, yeah, when I was about four or five years old, my dad uh, bought me a Captain America model. Y'all remember when they used to make models with Tester Green? Oh, yeah. yeah. Ago? yeah. <laughs> well, that was the first one he ever bought was Captain America. And then when my dad passed away, he was wearing, he was in hospice care. He died due to diabetes and cancer and um, he was wearing a Captain America t-shirt when he breathed his last breath that I had bought for him so I told him before he died I didn't have any tattoos I said dad I'm, I need your blessing on this because he didn't like dig tattoos <laughs> so I gave him the um, got his permission and, and had it, the shield put on there and then, nice. then awesome. you know start getting more it's like once you got one you gotta have more yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> nice well, uh, I, I I really like your the orange guitar because it stuck out. Yeah, yeah. The, just that color, and I didn't even see what I couldn't tell uh, you're moving around so much. What kind that is? I have kind of four of my yeah. own signature guitars. Okay. That orange one, and I have another purple one that I didn't play tonight. Uh, from a company called Strictly Seven Guitars, okay. and I met them a few years ago. They're doing um. All right. Um, they make. Strict, like it was strictly seven strings for prog metal and death metal guys. Yeah. But they they wanted me to be like their rock guy. So they I got the endorsement with them. We developed those two guitars. But before that I was with a company called Guilford Guitars. The other two I have two lines of guitars with them. The Blaze model, which is kind of like a PRS looking thing, mm-hmm. and another one called the Redeemer, which is like a a cross between an explorer and a V. 
And I didn't. I had them tonight, but I didn't play them. I just played the ones. So those are the ones that I I play. Yeah. Those, those awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I apologize. I'm going to ask a stupid fanboy question. No, that's fine. <laughs> I've seen you a few times and never moonlighted the blood. Is there a reason? You know, <laughs> it's weird because... I can't help it. I just no, because it's one of my favorite songs, too. For some reason, when we play it, it just doesn't gel. It's one of those unexplainable things, and it's probably something that nobody but me would notice. Well, it just doesn't feel like um, I think one of the reasons is throughout the whole thing, there's an acoustic guitar in the, in the background, and it makes it really fluid on the record. We played it for the One Night in the Temple, the acoustic set. Yeah. It never made the record because we just, it didn't sound right. I don't know, have, I don't know how to explain it, <laughs> but um, I don't know. Ken was like speeding it up too fast and it, it just didn't never has gelled right so it's like gotta go you know we got enough songs from, <laughs> so we just said let's cool. just right you know, on. there's so many other ones let's just go with that <laughs> right. cool 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 man well, we appreciate your time yeah thank you oh my yeah. pleasure man we'll yeah, see well, you next time man. we're in time my appreciate pleasure it. man well, there you go steve blaze guitarist at lillian axe thank you to him for taking the time to do that Thank you to Chip from Chipster PR for setting it up. Like I said before, you've got to check out Lillian Axe. These guys are constantly making great new music. Brian, like we talked about in an interview, has a phenomenal voice. Michael Max is back, so you got half the original lineup right. going now. So he's going to be on that next album. So really looking forward to what they're, this album that they got coming in 2017, because what he talked about there sounds pretty, pretty epic, like he yeah, said. Yeah, it does. It does. So, yeah, definitely be on the lookout for new Lillian Axe. Check out his stuff he's got going on if you're in the New Orleans area. Sledgehammer, this is Kevin Bain he's got. And we found out that info that who his brother was that we didn't even know that. I know. How awesome is that? <laughs> and he was a pretty nice guy. Yeah. And that's always awesome. Yeah, great dude. We talked to him a couple of times throughout the day before yeah. getting yeah. there to the interview. And he's just a real personable person, so it's always nice to... To meet people like that, whether it's in music or not. So the yeah. world needs more wonderful people like Steve Blaze. Yeah, that's right. I'll set it here. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you for listening. If this is your first time listening, I urge you to go to soundcloud.com backslash thunderdash underground. Hit subscribe. Follow us there on Facebook backslash the thunder underground. We're on YouTube at the thunder underground. We've got reviews of the new Metallica album, the new Vince Sevenfold album. Some Metallica songs, Black Sabbath show. We're going to have more stuff coming there as well. We've got um, on SoundCloud 98 previous episodes. That's, that's right. If you're into the stuff like we were talking about from the Hair Metal Holiday, we had Mark Torian, Mark Torian from the Bull Boys on. That was a great one. Yeah, it was. That's really another was. guy that's a, a wonderful human being. Great to talk to. And they, they kicked ass at the Hair Metal Holiday. I, we didn't even talk about that. Well, we're doing it now. Holy crap. I knew I was going to forget something. Yep. So now we're talking about Bullet Boys. Hey, that we can do whatever we want. This <laughs> right. is our goddamn show. <laughs> That's true. Okay, going back to earlier, when we were talking about the show, we talked about everything but the Bullet Boys. And they it's just one of those bands that I think people kind of overlook from that era these days. Yeah. You know, but like Smooth Up In You is as big as any song from that era. It is. And it is. 
just to see people. You see how nuts people yeah. went right when he went into it? Yeah, people were reacting Blew to up. the earlier stuff, like for the love of money mm-hmm. and hard as a rock. But yeah. yeah, whenever he sang that opening line, everybody's jumping up and down. And yep. Probably the biggest reaction of the night besides up all night, I, yeah. I bet. Yeah. You know, but it's Pretty just. Much. So it's just cool to see that. And like we talked about on the episode we did with him, this is another guy who's maintained his voice extremely well yes he has and yeah. the, the album they put out in 2015 called elefante he's got you know this great vocal stuff the guy is also kind of in the same sense that mark slaughter is people don't realize that this guy's a phenomenal guitarist yeah he is you know because he was tapping and doing all kinds of crazy shit he was yeah he was yeah. great yeah and that's another thing we talked about on that episode he was actually in line to be ozzy's guitarist or yeah. one of the people that they were looking at after Randy Rhodes passed yes. away. Yep. So that's how good this guy is. Exactly. And, and you know, that's the thing is uh, that I'll, I will admit about bullet boys is never really got into him back then, you know, and it was just one of those, I just kind of looked over and, you know, as, as we come into this and in this past couple of years and knowing that we were going to interview him and this and that and whatever, and then meeting him and like, you know, experiencing the fact that he's probably one of the nicest guys in rock ever. I mean, so positive and so accommodating, you know, uh, I'm just, I'm a fan now, like big time. And, uh, you know, that goes a long way. And, you know, all you people that liked him before knew something I didn't, I'll admit. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Well, yeah, they're just another band that made that such a cool show this past weekend and the bomb factory and that's right you know i mean i don't we talked about all that another thing we didn't really go into much detail about how great lily and axe's live set was we were just talking about them in general and you know this was like he said in the the interview it was michael's only his third show back and we saw the first one that was at streets gone wild in tulsa like three months ago and it's just you know just you know the other guys have been with him for a while except for brian the singer and they you know, I've really gelled as a unit and it's just, it's just another one of those great bands that you have to see live to really appreciate. Yeah, definitely. So like I've said 12 times already, I think get on board with Lillian Axe if you're not. That's right. And back to what I was saying about who's been on this podcast besides Steve Blaze now and Mark Torian, we've also had on Mark Kendall from Great White, Joey Allen from Warrant. We've had on, uh, who am I drawing? Ian Hogland from Europe. Um, Mark Gus Scott from Trickster. Yes, that was a good one. We just had on Chris Green, who has uh, been in Taiketo for a few years now, and he's also an insanely phenomenal instrumental guitarist. He just had an EP come out a couple weeks ago, and you need to check that out. And then we've had on guys from heavier bands like Avatar, Drowning Pool, Crowbar, Battlecross. Chris Broderick, another phenomenal guitarist from Megadeth, Active Defiance. Reed Mullen from COC. Sid Falk from Overkill. Ted Aguilar from Death Angel. And there, like I said, 98 previous episodes for you to check out. Here we are. We're on the verge of 100. 100, We've been talking about it for, I don't know, the last 10 or 15 episodes at least because we're getting closer. Yeah. You know, we'll talk about that more on that episode, but congrats, I guess, is a word. That's right. You too, man. We did it. (laughs) Yeah. It's kind of weird to think here we are, and it just seems normal now that we're 99 deep. No big deal. No big deal. We got there. (laughs) So we can let you know that 
coming in the next couple weeks, we're going to have episodes with Tony from Battlecross. Yes. So this will be the third episode with Battlecross, but the first two were with Gumby. And this one's with Tony. So we got Tony the guitarist this time. Yeah, it was awesome. We got Greg from Allegion, who's a phenomenal um, melodic death metal band you need to check out. Yes, and Greg is quite the axe master, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. Really super fucking good. Yeah. And, and that's been an ongoing thing now. I know. We're talking about Steve Blaze and Chris Green. <laughs> you know, we're just lining them up here. Yeah, it's a good thing. <laughs> and we're going to have Severmind coming soon. Yes. We're going to have a few other things in the works. I don't yeah. like to say things that aren't set, just to not jinx them. Yeah. But but we can. that's what we can definitely tell you we got going on. Yeah. Be on the lookout for yes. Battlecross, Allegiant, and Severmind. Of course. And like I mentioned, NeatTheUnderground.com, Lillian Axe. Buy their music. Yes. And until next time. Thunder Underground, y'all.